try my best to give you uh, in a capsule tonight what we want to say. And I want you to keep this in your mind. Every one of us can get through the situations that God puts us in to try to train us. Old Nebuchadnezzar is put into a field. You say, well, he deserved it because he got proud. Well, that's the truth, but here's how God is. God will take a man's pride and God will take a man's sin and put him in a place where he can teach him not to do it again and minister to him. See, I'm talking to a bunch of people who are here tonight saved by grace, but you are a far... My daddy used to say a far piece from perfect. And there's going to be imperfections in your life, and the devil brings them to try to get you to quit and get out and throw in the towel and give up. You see, the thing we've got to understand, the thing we've got to uh, grasp, is that God don't kick us to the curb or throw us under the bus or erase our name every time we get sideways on it. Now, I want you to notice something, if you will, please, while you stand and stretch yourself just a moment, about the fourth chapter of the book of Daniel. Number one, I want you to see the prescription. Are you listening? The prescription that favored him in verse number 26. So Daniel said, uh, look, at, look at verse... Um, that's not the one I want, Brother Timmy. I'm sorry. It's verse... Ah, uh, let's see. Verse number uh, 27. Verse 27 in your Bible. Wherefore, O king... O Daniel has prophesied, and Daniel has told him what's going to happen. And then he gives him a prescription that favored him. Look at 27. Wherefore, O king, let, thy, uh, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. I like this. Break off thy sin. <laughs> Break them off. Uh, verse 27. Let my counsel be acceptable unto thee and break off thy sins. How? By doing right. And thine iniquities by showing mercies to the poor. Now notice what he said. If it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. I want you to break off your sin and show mercy. And God will add to what he's already done in your tranquil life. Alright? So there's a prescription that favored him. Have a seat, please. Number two. There's a pride that forced him. He said, um, is this not great Babylon that I have made? And Babylon that my majesty lives in and for my own glory and honor has not this place been devised? Is this not great Babylon that I have de devised? His pride forced him into the field. But I want you to listen to me. God is still God. That's what I want to keep. I'm not interested tonight in, in Nebuchadnezzar's sin. I'm not interested in Nebuchadnezzar's pride. Number three, notice the pain that found him. 
He got out there in the field. He was driven from men, eat grass like an oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till the hairs on him was grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. There's the pain that found him. And then I want you to look at the last one, and I'm just going to comment on it, and you can go home and rest. Some of you look like you ain't going to make it home before you start resting. <laughs> we charge, if you're from West Virginia, it's twenty-eight fifty if you go to sleep here. Holiday Inn costs more than that. The purpose that formed him. The purpose that formed him. He had a, a vision... He, he had a dream, and it upset him to the point that he called the preacher to, de, to determine and interpret the dream. And Daniel unfolded it to him and told him just exactly what was going to happen. And it happened one year after the prophecy. The Bible says that old Nebuchadnezzar spoke pride and the Bible says, while the words was in his mouth, sometimes God does not parry to pour out wrath. But even, I want you to get this now, even when he pours out wrath, he still comes after what's his. That's what I want you to get. The purpose that formed him. Now I want you to see Nebuchadnezzar's in the field. And here's the title of this message. The ministry of the field. Many of us have spent our time in the field. You haven't done everything correctly. You've let your pride get out of get out of whack. And made choices in that proud state. Am I right? And those choices drove you in the field. Not because you were a bad person, but because you serve a good God. There's some things God will teach you in the field that He can't show you in the church. <laughs> Your marriage went south. Your husband walked off. Your wife found somebody better, and the grass was greener. She had to spray paint it, but it was greener on the other side. All through this congregation tonight, there's been bankruptcies. I'm surprised that what many of us have been drugged through that we can even tie. Some of you have gone through the field of sickness and been disturbed in your body. And the devil has come in like a vulture of a wingspan of eight foot. Come in like a vulture on a side of the road kill and tried to devour you. But God had a ministry in the field. Linda, your husband went to heaven early, but you've stuck by God. And I praise the Lord for it. I give God all the glory. But when you're trying to do it by yourself with the help of God, it is ministering in the field.
You buried your grandbaby and you didn't know why, what, when, or where. And the devil came in. You could feel the air from his wings as he beat down at the graveside service and tried to make you think he had plucked you up by your roots. But what he did not understand and what he did not comprehend and what he could not seize with his mind and what he did not have the ability to know on the spot was God was sending you to school in a strange place. <laughs> There's three understandings that we must have about the field. Let me give them to you. First of all, the time in the field. Verses 23 and 25, the Bible says that there was a watcher and a holy one come down out of heaven and he executed the judgment against Nebuchadnezzar and hew the tree down, but he left the stump. Isn't that what your Bible says? If it's a King James Version, it does. It says he hewn down the stump or the tree, but he left the stump. And the Bible says that he was in the field till seven times passed over him. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. God does not operate according to Mickey or Daffy or Donald. But God will use time for His own purpose. I'm, I want to tell you something tonight that will help you in the field. God knows exactly how long you're going to stay there. God, I'm about to run. I, I, I tried not to run when I was preparing this. I wanted to do right. My neighbors already are calling strange places to pick me up. And I, but, 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 I can't help it when I get to thinking about God has the time in His diary. He's already timed it. And I'm not going to stay in class or in trouble any longer than God designates me to. God knows your heart. God knows your spirit. God knows your soul. And therefore, He knows how long it's going to take for you to wake up and smell the coffee. And every moment that you're there, you're not there because of, and you're not there uh, be, 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 because of trouble or whatever. You're there because God is making something out of you. He has a purpose. And so the time in the field, you, you're squalling. Squall on because it will not shorten the time. But my husband... You see, God, before you ever got here, was planning and plotting. And you don't like it up till tonight because you have not seen the end. You think, oh God, why in the world am I in this misery that I'm in? Why don't you end it? Because it ain't time to end it. Because if He ends it now, you can't have what's on the other end. And you cannot experience God. 
like you ought to. The Bible says he'll be out there until seven times passes over him. <laughs> Have you ever had one of your kids in the field? And you go in and you get down and you beg God and you don't see it change. Have you ever had a grandbaby in the field? Little old boy, 16 or 17 at the high school. Somebody gave him a toke on a reefer. Somebody put a pill in his pocket. Somebody told him it wasn't nothing to it. It was just recreational one Friday night at the football game. And, they, and he just got, all of a sudden, he got accepted with the crowd, but he had to do what the crowd was doing to stay accepted. And before you know it, he was hooked on something way stronger than a toke on a marijuana weed. And there in the field, you prayed for that kid. You begged God for that young one. You pleaded with the Lord to use him. And look at what God's letting go on, but He is using him. He's just got him in the field. The dew's on his back. He got claws in his life. Feathers on his back. I mean, he looks awful. It's ugly. <laughs> But God's got him right where he wants him. Why did he say seven times over him? You say, well, preacher, because it meant seven years in the interpretation of Daniel. Yes, but I'm not concerned about the word years. I'm hung up on the word seven. The word seven means God's number of completion. The Holy Ghost showed me this today. If I'd have been on the second floor, I'd have took a nosedive to the first. I rejoiced and praised God as the Spirit of God said, He's not hurting Nebuchadnezzar because He hates him. He's going to restore him. He's going to reinstate him. But before he can ever get to his glory, before he can ever get to his profit, before he can ever get to his gain, before he can ever be successful, he's going to have to go through the ministry of the field. But in the ministry of the field, I will complete him. You can pray for that kid until you're blue in the face. And many of you have quit praying because it hadn't done any good. And I'm going to tell you this. You haven't done all bad by stopping. Because it's wonderful to pray for them. And it's great practice for you. It's, it, it's something we all ought to do. But I want to tell you something. Let me drop this in your lap. Just because you stop praying don't mean he stopped working. Because the ministry is in the field where it's damp at night, cold in the winter, dark in the midnight, and hot during the day, and he was eating grass like an oxen and rejected as men. The time in the field. The time in the field. The other night, Diane was cooking was cooking cornbread. How many of you believe cornbread? Good. I'm not talking about no shaking, baked Martha White stuff that'll send you with dysentery to the hospital. You young girls, you young girls, there is bread you can make without shake and bake. How many of you believe a cake of cornbread about that high can heal most any fate, fatal disease? Amen. Don't 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 spray no Pam in the pan. Put some lard in the box. 
My wife, I, 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 she got some Pam one time. I, 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 I hit it in the last 20 bottles she bought. And I, I bought some hog meat, some lard, something that'll make them cholesterol pills work. Bless God, I ain't taking them for nothing. Make them work. They cost money. I come by the stove. She said, check on that cornbread. I said, it's in there. Hungry as I was, I'd have drank it. I said, it looks done. She said, where do you get that? I said, well, it's almost brown on top. She came walking in there. She said, move and let me see my bread. Who better to tell when it's done than the one who made it? <laughs> who better to tell when it's ready to come out than the blessed one that put it in there? Who better than the one who put it in the oven ought to be the one to know when it comes out? God keeps things in the field. The time of His numbering. And then He reinstates them to the place of His preparation. I need a husband. Hush and live in the field. The husband you need is not yet here. The husband you need is not ready to be revealed. But when the bread is done, the milk will be poured. Don't eat that bread with gooey dough in the middle. Don't eat that bread before it's cooked. Don't grab that bread out the stove and try to put milk in it when the bread ain't done. Some of us are real good at eating pre-cooked stuff. But wait till God takes it out. Time in the field. Seven years. Why didn't He put him in there on six? Because He knew wouldn't do it. Why didn't he just give him 36 months warranty? Because he knew 36 months wouldn't put this king where he could give up. See, you've got to put a man where you can give him his stuff back and he can keep it. If you're going to give it back to him and he don't keep it and it makes him worse, you hadn't helped it. So God let seven years pass over him. The number of completion. I want to tell you something. God is not done with your broken heart. God is not done with your single life. God is not done with your divorce. God, you, somebody here tonight, I'm, God, I'm speaking to somebody. Somebody here tonight ought to grab hold of the edge of faith. Somebody here tonight ought to grab hold of the edge of confidence. Somebody here tonight ought to get them an old-fashioned dose of encouragement and say, I'm not going to let the devil walk in and steal everything i got and tear everything i got up. I might be in the field. I might be in school. Hey, but i got a God who's able, who's able, who is able. Give Him glory and praise. Clown, it won't turn the clock any faster. 
pray on. You're not going to talk God out of nothing. Ain't nobody here ever done it, and you ain't never going to do it. But you never will get God's eyes off of you, and you won't never get God's heart away from you, and God's hand will never be far from the field. Some of you would have already been suicidal. Some of you would have already been spiritually and socially bankrupt if God hadn't have brought you this far. And tonight you're sitting up in the house of God broken. You're sitting up in the house of God bankrupt. You're sitting up in the house of God sick, but you're sitting up in the house of God. <laughs> that bar stool don't fit your rear end no more. You hadn't run down yonder and got you a draft beer. You hadn't run over there and mixed you up a drink. You hadn't started running around with Johnny come lately. I'm trying to tell you, you up in here tonight and God ain't done yet. Number two, turning in the field. Not only is there a time that God will put the bread in the oven, a time that God put Nebuchadnezzar in the field. Some, some of you. Jump out. You won't get stuff back if you jump out. Paper. Shout the victory. Call the devil a name. Tell him you ain't giving in. I ain't giving out. And I dead well didn't come here to give up. God, I feel the Holy Ghost in my heart. <laughs> Listen to me. God's talking to me faster than I can tell you what He's saying. Some of you have been over backwards to get stupid. Some of you have got so stupid it was immoral. And you've been over backwards to be ignorant. But you've never been over far enough and you never got away far enough and you never got out of what God's watch can. Who do you think you are? You could ever shake the Holy Ghost and hide from you. You blew it. You messed up. Everybody knows it. Let me drop this little piece of information. It don't matter what everybody knows. What God's doing is more important than what everybody knows. Brother Roger stands up and shouts. I remember that day that a couple of times that I sat in that little visiting room down at Estelle, South Carolina, when he got into some legal problems and, and some, some money issues at the bank where we had a great job, had a great position. And got crazy. That's why God let me be your pastor. Nobody in here knows crazy with a big C anymore than I do. And I said across the table from him, he said, I don't know what happened. Will God ever take me back? I said, take you back? No. He ain't never turned you loose. Take you back? God, we don't believe that mess. Do you think God can ever use me? We went through those questions. He came back in the hospital room last Sunday with tears. He done got sucking back. 
I just stand there trying to get my shirt on. He just hugged me about to squeeze the breath out of me. He said, I love you and thank God you're my preacher. I want to tell you something, son. I love you too. And I appreciate a God who can take you out of that pen down there. I'm glad for a God who can take you out of that mess that you was in. But, but, but Roger, you know something about an 18-month field. But look at you now. You're getting your stuff back. <laughs> hey, devil! Have you seen Roger lately? He's getting his stuff back! Hallelujah! <laughs> what did he do, preacher? You're nosy. That wasn't the gist of the story. If you didn't catch the gist, hush, you're nosy, Pinocchio. You need to mind your own. You need to mind your own. But in the field, they gave you a time. I didn't have that wrote down, but it's perfect. And you had to serve it all. <laughs> but there was a turning in the field. <laughs> There's a turning in the field. Look at this verse. And at the end of the day. <laughs> See, right now I had to let the water out of the tub. Because I was drowning. At the end of the days. Your time in the field is going to be over. Somebody said that their brother Brown's a grace preacher. He don't preach no judgment. Thank you. Right now, I'm feeling some good grace rub all over you. I'm feeling some good grace in this pulpit. I'm feeling something that might help somebody, not just slap the devil out of them, but a little grace might touch their life. I said, and at the end of the days, you're not always going to be in the field, honey. You're not always going to be locked down. You're not always going to be tormented. You're not always going to be alone. You're not always going to be lied to by the devil. You're not always going to be looked down on by those around you. You're not always going to be put to the test. You're not always going to be jacked around and slapped around by the devil. Your days are coming to an end in the field. Give God glory and praise. Somebody on the holler, I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out. I'm getting my stuff back. I'm getting what God's got for me. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. <laughs> I'm glad to know tonight that at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored Him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation. You're not always going to be in the school of the field. 
God one day will see He'll praise me now. God one of these days is going to see she's thankful she's single. Now here's you a husband. Uh-huh. But there's some things got to be trimmed off of you in the field so that you'll glorify the God who created the field. And you need to learn how to give God thanks for the field so God will take you out of the field and give you your stuff back. There's a turning in the field. Can I, can I just say this and, and move right along? Number one, his sight turned. Verse 34a. His sense turned. 24b. He said, my mind came back. And then he, he, he said, and I blessed the Most High. His satisfaction came back. And then, then his, his, what was the last one, Brother Timmy? His spirituality turned because he said, and none can stay his hand nor say unto him, what are you doing? This ain't the same man that went in the field. There's a different man turned in the field. I mean, the field has now turned to my God. Ah! 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 I said a God has turned a man in the field. I'm going to speak in tongues. Show us the world with company in the house. That goes your support. I ain't looking for none, but I'll help you keep your. He's out there empty. He's out there squalling. He's out there crying. The dew of heaven's on his back. This man is ugly. This man is pushed to the bottom. This man's at the breaking point. This man's where you are. You just don't have feathers. You're in the field, and your own decisions put you there. Your wrong choices put you there, but you'll never make a choice that'll keep God from there. <laughs> it ain't always going to be at your house like it is tonight. It's not always going to be demons dogging your children's heels like they are tonight. You wish you could help them. I wish sometimes I could shake some sense. I wish I could pray some sense. I wish I could be a more of a help to my own. And down through the years, it's been heartache after heartache. But I want to say this. Praise God. The day will come and the day will end in the field. And God will bring victory. God will bring glory. And some things are going to turn in the field. Lastly. There's a transformation in the field. <laughs> Look what was... Let me read this verse to you. And at the same time, my reason returned unto me and for the glory of my kingdom. Now notice, he's saying the same things he said still. i never seen this till I was on the way over here. And Diane was reading this to me. He says, and for the glory of my kingdom. That's what God him put in there. Look at this. And my... And, and notice what he says, My honor and my brightness returned unto me. He said, My counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. If you take that verse, stack it up to the one that got him thrown in the field, it reads the same way with me and my. Just like in both of them. 